Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Bonnie Brudera. And Bonnie is a film and TV producer with over 700, not 70, 700 television segments and the writer, director, producer of the documentary Influencer on the social media generation and the advertising industry. Now, she's got a strong background in technology and media. She started her career at companies like City Search, NBC Internet, Active Networks, and learned firsthand how to build and sell emerging media. She worked for two decades touring with some of the world's top personal development gurus, including my favorite, Tony Robbins, uh, Harvey Mackey, and others. She founded Binge Networks, and that's what we're going to talk about today, which is a multi-channel media network for creators and brands with syndication on 50 top OTT television networks. We'll find out what OTT means, don't worry. And her company has uh, proprietary technology that can instantly get any video content featured in outlets all over the world. She's, on a personal note, a kickboxer. She's an avid dog lover, an auntie, and has starred in multiple fight movies. Oh my gosh. She's also a four-time author and holds 10 certifications in human potential and coaching. Please welcome to the show, Bonnie Brudera. Bonnie, thank you for joining us today. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Okay, well, I brought a prop. I am a dog lover, and um, our dog <laughs> is- She okay. has a living prop. Her prop is alive. If you're not watching us and you're listening us, to us on iTunes, she literally just held up a little puppy. Talk <laughs> about melting an audience. Yes. So, Please continue. Fill in the gaps yeah. in that intro, Bonnie. Dog lover's true. Everything's true. Um, yeah, I've been in TV and media, well, for many decades in various capacities, um, but specifically with this binge networks for the last four years. We're going into the start of our fifth year. So um, it's what I do. It's what I know and what I'm excited to talk to your audience about today. Very cool. And you can find her company at bingenetworks.tv. That's bingenetworks.tv. Bonnie, take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Let's see. Well, I mean, the dog lover is huge. I um, travel with Ginger, my dog that I've had for eight years. And that's something that surprises people often because I'm constantly bouncing around the globe. 
And I've probably had her on probably 65, 70 flights and in hotel rooms um, while giving speeches. She's been under tables. Um, so that's something people don't really expect. Um, even at New Media Summit, you know, the mentorship day, I had her under a table and no one knew. <laughs> so, I didn't know. I didn't see her. I was there. And you literally just did it on my podcast. You held up a puppy and surprised me. You're the first guest to puppy surprise me. Yeah, you know, it's a thing. It's like a flash mob. It's a new thing. <laughs> it's um, flash puppy. <laughs> this should be. But yeah, so that's something people don't know about me because I am so driven. I am such a hard worker, but that's just a fun little fact that, you know, I bring the family with me. Now, is it true that you get your work ethic? I'm going to surprise you. Is it true that you get your work ethic from your grandmother? It is true. Oh my gosh, you did your research. Make these compose. She was holding up bricks. Yes. So that is, she was building a house that my parents still live in to this day um, in Tiburon, California. And that was probably 85, 90 years ago. And they literally, like, she built the house with bricks. And then back in the day, she worked as a beautician. She traveled on cruise ships and worked with Eve Arden and worked all over the world, um, which was very rare in the 30s, you know, in that um, era. She was a farm girl from Kansas that hitchhiked in a Model T Ford to California to make all of that happen to Hollywood. So it definitely got my um, spunk and my work ethic from her because she, you know, was as fun as they come, but also a very, very hard worker. Love it. Kind of sounds like you. Cool. So let's get down to business. Bonnie, my audience loves context. Approximately how much gross revenue did you do last year in the last 12 months with your business? Last year, um, just shy of a quarter million. Got it. 250K. And how long did it take you from day one? You said you're four years in now, going on five. How long did it take you to cross the 100K mark? So I would say about two years. Got it. All right, two years. Startup Nation, that's two years of hard work ethic. Hustling, grinding, traveling to get past that 100K. That's what it looks like. You know, I, I share that, Bonnie, because so many times my listener thinks it's the, you know, get rich overnight thing, right? You're just born successful or overnight success. And I'm like, it looks like two to five years of overnights to get to success, Absolutely. right? Yeah. That's how it shows up. Okay. So here's why I invited Bonnie onto my show. First 100 K startup nation, because one, she's a female entrepreneur. I love female entrepreneurs. You know why they have less ego than male entrepreneurs. And I can say that because I am a male entrepreneur and I have a big ass ego and it gets me in, in trouble and it gets in the way I could have had much uh, more success sooner on in so many of my previous businesses if I wasn't trying, always trying to look good and rather just showed up and asked people for help. Like game changer right there, right? So I met Bonnie at, one, at a conference in Austin, Texas and she stood up on stage and she just had this larger than life personality and she's all smiles everywhere she was going. She's walking around with smiles, smiles, smiles. And I was like, that's a cool girl right there. She's got a great energy about her. And then when I heard her give her talk on stage about Binge Networks and how she's literally helping content creators like podcasters to really broadcast their message into brand new markets overseas, I was like, okay, here's a really sharp uh, entrepreneur that I want to have on my show. 
So let's talk about your story, Bonnie. How did you make your first 100K? Like what were the uh, specific things you do did? I want to really get context here. Like what are your top, and then we'll go into the story. What are your top three tips or your top three strategies that you use to cross over that 100K mark? Yeah, for me, it was a continuous hustle and that's sort of big. So what that looked like was I literally for my first year worked six to seven days a week. I think the first year I had my media company, I had four, I want to be accurate. It was between four and seven days off the entire year. And Mm. so I was running and pushing as hard as I could. Um, I was working as a coach on Wall Street um, inside a trading firm to make revenues to produce the TV show. And my company started as a cable show in New York City on the Lifestyle Channel. And basically, you know, when we grew with distribution, we were a pay-for-play network. So you would come on the show and you know, you'd pay $500 and we broadcast it out multiple places. So, you know, it takes a lot of 500s to make a hundred thousand. <laughs> so that was really tough, you know, so I had to make money wherever I could. And at the same time, when you're doing production or any content producing a, a podcast or a video show, it's a lot of work and a lot of details and a lot of editing and a lot of trouble. <laughs> Things can go wrong. So, you know, it was just a constant focus on, okay, what, what needs to happen? Like you wake up, what are the fires that need to happen? And then where can we get ready? today. And so that's really, you know, what, what drove me. And in those first years, there was no downtime. There was no, you know, Mm. filming. If I wasn't working coaching, then I was at the studio filming. Uh, We did about six shows a week. There were 28 minute shows. So that was a lot. And, um, you know, just, it took a lot. I don't know when I look back how I did it. (laughs) When I look at all the content, I was like, what (laughs) happened? Um, but then I realized, oh, that's why I'm so tired. Um, so yeah, so it just, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of focus and literally every day, like a lot of faith as well, meaning I, I didn't sometimes know where the next $10,000 were going to come from, but I knew it had to come from somewhere. So I would do whatever it took to make that happen. And, um, and I think as any entrepreneur, you have to get very comfortable with that. <laughs> you have to get very comfortable with like, Overdraft is just a service that they provide startups, I think. You know, things that in the past might snap somebody, but you really just understand like, okay, I know if I'm doing this effort, the money's going to come in. So it's a matter of massaging that and, you know, learning how to negotiate things. Did it take longer than you expected for that money to come in? Yeah, of course. You know, I think when you start a business, you you just have this plan. If you're even smart enough to do the business plan, you have a plan and it looks like, okay, in three to six months, I'm going to be making all this revenue and it's going to cost this amount. And generally those plans take twice as long and cost twice as much in my experience. So, um, so yeah, it's hard to withstand a lot of the challenges early on. You know, you're like, I guess I'll call it a cleanse and I just won't eat for a couple of days. <laughs> you know, it's like the <laughs> point when you, you know, when you have to sacrifice to get where you want to be and I make a business. So I like that, that positive spin you put on it. You hear that startup nation. If you're struggling right now, cause you don't have any money coming in and you're building that dream, you're building that company and you're eating ramen noodles. Look at it as a, a total body detox, right? You're getting to cleanse out your system from all the other stuff. So Bonnie, like, how did you keep your spirits up? How did you focus forward when the reality of day to day is look like long days with, without the money coming in? 
right? It's really easy to get depressed in that. And I know some of our listeners right now, they're in that space right now. So you sharing with vulnerability and just raw transparency to them right now, like how did you stay focused forward and keep moving? Yeah, a combo of a couple of things. Number one, I'm a very self-motivated, self-driven person. My mom used to do the chore chart on the fridge and I would like do all my chores on Monday to get my gold stars, you know, for the whole week. So I've, I've always have a vision and can manage myself very strongly towards that vision. Um, with that said, I think for me, it was a combination, like you mentioned ego. I have done many ventures over my life and many have been successful, but none been a home run, like millions in the bank can do whatever you want for the rest of your life. And I think it's a combo of seeing the possibility of that, seeing other people accomplish that. So I know it's possible. And also age, you know, I'm getting older. I'm in my later forties and I know that there's a limited amount of time that I still have to have that desire to hustle that hard. So I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to fit. Failure wasn't an option. You know, like I used to be a triathlete and I did an Ironman and it never occurred to me to not finish the race. Like that wasn't mm. ever a part of the conversation. So I finished. So it was, that was really my mindset was like, remember that race? You know, there were times during the marathon where I was throwing up in a bush, but I wasn't going to stop. And that's how it feels to be an entrepreneur in many days of just that sheer terror <laughs> sheer like oh my god and then when you push through it's great again the endorphins kick in and you're like this is awesome you know and I, I always tell people it feels half the day that you're going to be the next google and the other half that you're going to go out of business and that really I don't feel changes so much you know as you grow and you scale like the goals get bigger and bigger so you still kind of have that same feeling I really get that. I, I love that. I was throwing up in a bush. That's what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's, that's the quote for this show, by the way. All right. So let me ask you this. You said you've had successes in businesses uh, previously. Um, you've had failures, uh, but you've never hit the, the multi-millions where you can just be done, right? And retired and you see other people do it. So you know it's possible what do you think's been like, if you're being totally transparent right now so that you could connect with my listener, what do you think is, is the thing that's been holding you back and, and blocking you from that? Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's always time and money, right? It always, like you need money to grow and scale your business. And that's hard to come by, especially if you don't just go get an investor or have VC capital or something like that. So that definitely can be part of it. Um, I think too, just the fear of like, oh my God, what's going to happen when that does happen? Like, the, the, you know, the more goals you accomplish and the busier you get, and then that takes you off what you might really want. Like for Are me, you scared of actually getting what you're chasing? I'm not scared of getting what I'm chasing. I'm very comfortable with that. I think I'm scared of what it might mean. You know, like what might be possible. For example, when we did the movie, um, and I sold it, that was all great. But to me, it was like a Iron Man. It was just like, okay, check, done. And then when I realized what's really required, like the personal engagements, the showing up at festivals, the, all those things, that was off point from what I want for my life and the other choices that I've made and the business that I'm growing. So sometimes you make choices that you think are in support of what you want, and then you realize the, the pieces that come along with it are, are a complete conflict. So I think that's more for me what I struggle with. It's like, I definitely, like I've made choices in my life. We relocated from New York to Miami. I want to start a family. I want to do these other things. 
but then you're trying to grow this business that could be the antithesis of that. So it's, it does get tricky sometimes to manage that. So how do you prioritize that? Your, your business goals and then your life goals. And sometimes as I'm hearing you say, they could be in conflict. Yeah. I, I, it goes back to your why, like, what's your why? Why are you doing these things? And for me, the business is like, I do want to have that home run because I've seen others do it. I know it's possible. I've been guided by many very successful business people. And my why is to allow myself to have the means to have the lifestyle I want. So never losing sight of that, never making decisions that are not never, because when you do, you just have to course correct. But when you do make those decisions, going back to like, what do I really need to have that lifestyle that I want? And that's why I started all of this. Um, and that's a constant management. It's a constant refocus of what that looks like because it can be so easy to get caught up in the bright, shiny object. And the, you know, I think so many people focus on the millions versus just focusing on that hundred thousand. And it's such a smarter way to be because, it, you know, you're going to fall short most likely. <laughs> and so when you do, it feels bad. Whereas if you're incrementally doing the, you know, 100,000, then 150, then two, then 250, it's so much easier to achieve. And it's more of a guarantee. Like the other is very hit and miss. Not everybody has the home run. So, um, you know, I have to constantly remanage myself and refocus on like, don't worry about that. That's the vision. That's the goal. That's where we're headed. But worry about the journey. Worry about the drive. Where do we turn next? What's the next stop sign? And what's the next, you know, route? Mm, I really get that. So we're speaking a lot about, you know, mistakes and mindset, uh, what holds us back sometimes, right? So I really want to get these, those three main things, though, that you did right uh, in getting this company, Binge Networks, to hit the, uh, over 100K. And now you're at 250 a year, which is awesome. Um, so the first one I think we got to, which is work hard and, and focus forward. Right. And, and you did that. You worked 360 days a year, your first year in business. It was intense. You look back, you're like, that was insane. Like, I, like you don't even picture that was you. It was like someone else who worked that. Right. So what would be, uh, your number two strategy that you use to get to the hundred K mark? For me, for this business, I have to be willing to completely, um, evolve the business model. So when we were at pay for play network, that was hundred percent of our revenue. And what I saw very quickly is that the smart TV world, the OTT distribution and what we've created with our distribution was going to be the future value of the company. And so at one point I had to completely shut off the revenue stream in order to allow for a new one. So we were making 100% of our revenue from appearances on the show, and I had to say, you know what, I believe so strongly in the future of distribution that we have to stop that, and there might be a six-month lag where there's no money coming in, but I believe that that's the future. And that is so hard to do, oh my God. You know, mm -hmm. and it's so tempting to just, oh, I'll just take another show, but you can't split your energies and do both well. So um, that was really something that I did well in that I had to be clear. I'm like, nope, this is where we're, this is what I believe is the future. And it's the only thing that's going to work. So we need to do that. Um, and that just came from knowing the industry, watching the trends and seeing what people needed, you know, listening to people that were coming on the show. What do you need? You need exposure. Okay, well, we can get it this way. Wow. That's scary. 
Like that's, I've done it before. I, you know, I'm in the co-working space, right? So I own two co-working spaces and I brought that to Tampa Bay and it was a new foreign concept here in Tampa. People like, what? Like, why wouldn't I just go to the coffee shop? You know, they really didn't get what is co-working. And it was so scary to, to wage all my bets and no, this is like blowing up worldwide just because it's not in Tampa doesn't mean anything. Let's bring it to Tampa. And I really had to go without funds for a long time, right? And, and really just bet on that future that you're talking about. So I really get that. I think that's a great strategy. Be flexible with your model to align with the future in your industry. Like I, I really get that. All right. What would be a strategy or tip number three that you use to get to the 100K? So for me, constantly writing down my goals, I can show <laughs> prop number two, if you guys can see, oh, if we're doing video, um, you can see our office, they're all glass walls and they're all um, chalk pens all over them. So every single day I come in with my team, we talk about what our goals are. Here's what we need to get done today. We need to revise this, this, and this. I need to make this many calls. You know, I have over here, the top accounts we're looking at closing. And that was really something that I constantly had to recommit to every single day, whether I wrote it on a piece of paper, I wrote it on a note on my iPhone if I was on a flight, or I write it all over the walls. Um, because without that focus, it's so easy to get caught into like, you know, oh, the dog is sick, we need to go out every hour, or, you know, so-and-so's bright, shiny object, or this person, you know, someone's always calling with the next big idea, and they're going to just completely shift everything for you. And it's easy to waste a lot of time, energy, and money on those things. But when I'm clear on, like, no, this I know is going to work for sure, I can investigate that if we have extra time, but do these things first. And that's really made a big difference, is constantly doing that on a daily basis, redefining your goals, your strategies, what you want to accomplish. I get that. And I think it's awesome that you do it because it really, every day you have to recommit to the dream. Like every day, because there's that many distractions around us, right? We literally have, our phone is the portal of distractions. Like it's insane. So I get that. All right. Let's talk about your number one mistake. What was that big hairy mistake that you made? Maybe it panned out well, you learned a ton from it. Maybe it didn't, but we all have it. What was that thing where you'd look back on? You're like, man, why did I do that? Oh, there's so many. What what's, what's the top one? What's the one that you, you really just go, ugh? I think for me, not trusting earlier on in the value of what we were offering. And what I mean is that we would do so much as a company to try to meet any need somebody had. Whereas like what we can do to help people is distribution. We can distribute their content on 90 smart to get us. But we would get caught up in doing social media and then somebody would want reporting and we would do this and we would do that to try to get a client. And that really hurt us because so much of the day was spent on this peripheral like stuff that didn't really matter. And so I wished earlier on, I had just been very clear. Like now we're super clear. We have A and we have B. A has this, B has this. And we don't get caught up in, in the minutia of the middle. Um, and that I think was really a big mistake because we were just trying to please too many people. And in doing so, we're not driving the revenues that we needed to as quickly as we needed to. So just to summarize that for us, that number one mistake you made was it to not, you weren't clear on what's that one top thing or way that we add the most value to our clients. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Just writing my notes here, girl. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) 
Um, all right, cool. So Startup Nation, let's do a quick recap. Bonnie just dropped so much wisdom explosion on you that like you're soaking in wisdom right now. I know you're feeling it. All right, so first thing, she's at, uh, it took her two years to uh, go from zero to 100K. She's now doing 250K a year, quarter of a million a year. She's on her way to greatness, right? And she's, I believe she's gonna make this company that big win of her legacy, right? Uh, so her top three tips for you to make your first 100K, number one, work hard and focus forward, right? That first year, it's gonna suck. If you're in it now, you know exactly what we're talking about. It's easy to write out a plan like Bonnie says and then think it's all gonna work out. It doesn't, right? Cause it's all like BS, like you're, you're trying to uh, predict the future and then reality comes and smacks you upside the head with a two by four. That's what entrepreneurship looks like. Number two, her top tip, she says, don't focus on the millions, focus on the 100,000s. Like break it down into these uh, increments. It's so much easier to do. Stop chasing the million, get that first 100K, then get the next 100K, the next one. Before you know it, you'll 10X it and you'll be at your first million, right? And then uh, tip number three, Bonnie says, be flexible with your model to align with the future in your industry. And sometimes that may look like you shutting down your existing clients to really invest all your future of the business into where you see the trends going. And it's scary and it's difficult, but if you don't do it, you will literally get stuck in a business that is a job and something that you just don't enjoy doing, right? So make sure you do that. And then finally, tip number four, because Bonnie was generous, she threw in a bonus tip. Uh, she says, write down your goals every day so that you recommit to your dream daily. That is so necessary. Now, Bonnie, I know I put that in my own words. How did we do? Anything I left out? Amazing. I'm so impressed because I only saw you writing at the last one, but you nailed it. All right, cool. That's my gifting. I take all that stuff and bring it laser focus. All right. And her number one uh, mistake, Startup Nation, learn from her. Learn from the mistakes of others. That's why I bring these guests on the show like Bonnie. Uh, her number one mistake was she wasn't clear on staying focused on providing that, that one thing that really adds the most value to her clients. So what's that one thing that your clients are paying you for to really help them with and then clear out all the rest of the noise and just focus on that and keep getting better at that. That's your craft. That's your win. Keep doing it. All right, so Bonnie, this is my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick buyer questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just the fun. Are you ready? Okay. All right, cool. What's your favorite sound? Ginger's little <laughs> <laughs> Got it. What's your least favorite sound? Um, some, the text chime. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, in other words, the chime of distraction. <laughs> All right, now if you're being real and completely transparent with Startup Nation right now, what are you most afraid of? Failing, of course. Failing? Yeah. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in your business? Oh my God, fixing little mistakes, like editing, misspelled names, silly things like that. Like trying to make things perfect a little bit? Yeah, or just like, yeah, just too many, too many details. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? 
Go ahead. I'm, I'm very introverted, so I get overwhelmed with people. Like, I always have this fear there's just going to be too much, too much communication, too much emails, too many, you know, things that I can't keep up with um, because I need a lot of time. Like, I'm very reclusive. I need a lot of time to myself. Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Um, the clear focus on, as we talked about, like, here's what we offer and here's how we do it. Like, there's nothing else. It's, it's black and white. Mm, got it. What's a new habit you want to form? New habit I want to form? Mm-hmm. Um, I need to go back to eating healthier. I've been, I haven't been great on that. So this year I'm going to be a super clean eater. Hey, go back to like year one entrepreneurship and just like start doing your detox thing. <laughs> <laughs> got it. What is a bad habit you want to break? Um, oh, this is so hard to say. I binge watch too much. You binge watch on your, and you have a binge watching company called binge network.tv. They say do what you love and the money will follow, but I definitely binge watch too much on Netflix and other places. Yeah, got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, I am driven. I am playful and I'm committed. Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business, this business. <laughs> um, hustle, innovative, and um, clever. Yeah, I got it. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, tell your family and friends, look your little puppy in the eye, and only give one piece of advice, what would you say to all of them? Uh, love more. Love more. Wouldn't that just be a great planet to live on if we all took that advice from Bonnie? So we're listening with, uh, with Bonnie Bruderer, and you can find her at bingenetworks.tv. That's bingenetworks.tv. Bonnie, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K? That it is definitely possible if you are committed. I think people listen to shows like this. Uh, well, there's nothing like this, but they listen to shows or information from time to time thinking that you're talking to somebody else, but they're not. I'm talking to you. And I used to do that with people that, you know, had made their millions and had billions and other things. And I would not, I would put a disconnect because I would feel like, okay, they did it, but that's not possible for me. But it really is any strategy, any formula that has worked for somebody can work for somebody else if you follow it and you commit to it. Love it. Shift your mindset, Startup Nation. Listen to Bonnie. Your current mindset has not been serving you. That's why you're stuck where you're stuck. So you got to shift it. You got to change it. And it's totally fine to borrow someone else's positive, uplifting mindset. Borrow it. Try it on. See if it fits. It probably will. And Bonnie, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you if they choose? So go to bingenetworks.tv and all of my contact details are on the bottom of the page. Very cool. And uh, if uh, one of our listeners is a podcast host or a YouTuber, uh, they do Facebook lives or any other type of content creation, why do they want to be uh, syndicated on Binge Networks? So What's binge, the real value? The real value is we use the smart TV world. So places like Apple TV, Roku TV, Sony, Samsung Sharp, and they're hands down the fastest growing, the hottest media properties you can find on the planet. And so we really have circumvented sort of the noise of social media 
um, and have a stronghold in this market that is just becoming by the day more and more popular, more and more used. Um, so we want to get you in there while the getting is good. Like that's what Binge does is we place you in all of these outlets so that you can get exposure to these people that are hungry for content. Love it. If you want more Startup Nation, go to bingenetworks.tv. That's bingenetworks.tv. Bonnie, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We gotta get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.